Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Hey, God bless everyone this morning. Good to have you in the house. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise this morning. Those of you at home joining us, we want to say thank you for hanging in there with us. We had a little technical difficulty in the first service, and so uh, thankfully we come back together. We got the men's home in the house. Uh, we, got, we got people that are just gathered together, ready to hear the word. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We are speaking a message today called In the Middle. How many of you have ever been in the middle of anything? You've started progressing towards something and you've reached the halfway point. The problem with halfway is that you're equal distance from the start as you are from the end. And whenever you've invested that much effort to get somewhere, it's just as easy to quit as it is to proceed. And I want to encourage you today. There's many of you that have come a long way. Someone say, a long way. You've come a long way. You've gone through some battles, but yet here you are. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. Let me say that again. Don't give up. You've progressed a long way. And there, there's, there's something great about progress, but there's also something very dangerous about halfway as well. I want to talk to you this morning about not giving up and building while you're in the middle. Here in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, Nehemiah, we've been talking about this cupbearer that has now become a builder. He's gone from a butler to a builder. He's never built a wall before, yet God has given him the authority, the grace, to come from bondage into the city of Jerusalem and help restore and rebuild a wall that has been destroyed for 150 years. I want to encourage you. There's some things that have been destroyed in your life that God wants to rebuild. Amen. 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 Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. It says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together. Someone say joined together. Up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you to notice a couple things that, that, that's important here. Number one, they, they had come together to rebuild something that had been destroyed for over a century, for generations. You know, some of us live in families that have had things destroyed for generations, uh, grandfather was, great-grandfather was an addict. The grandfather was an addict. The dad was an addict. And now you're an addict. You, you see these things that have been going with it. One, one generation was in debt. The next generation is in debt. And the generation after them are going to be in debt as well. You see these things that have been going on. The great thing about God is that when God calls a man or a woman, he doesn't just call that person. He calls the generations inside of them. 
That's why it's so important that your freedom is not about your comfort. Your freedom is about setting free generations after you. I don't want to leave any giants uh, for the next generation to fight that I was responsible to kill. I don't want my kids to have to fight a Goliath that I was responsible to kill. I don't want my family to have to fight giants that I'm responsible to fight. I want to challenge each and every individual today that you would take on the giants in your life, that you would take on the battles in your life. Don't pass it down to another generation. They joined the walls together to where there was no gaps. These walls have been destroyed for so long that now they had come together and there are no more gaps in the wall. They were committed to one another to build and they made great progress. And I love what the word says. It says that they had a mind. Everyone say mind. mind. They had a mind to work. I'm here to tell you this, that when you have a mind to work, that word mind means heart. It means that a, something inside of you that drives you to build, to put together. Many of us, I need you to understand, it's not that your marriage is beyond repair. It's just that you don't have the mind to work it. It's not that your, your body is so, out of, so bad physically that you can never get healthy. It's just that you're too lazy to commit to make it happen. It's not that you're so far out of debt that you'll never be out of debt. It's just that you refuse to have the mind to work, to come together the motivation to build. And we blame so many other people for not building. They built half its height because they had a mind to work. I want to stir you this morning. I want to challenge you. What things are laying in rubble that you have a responsibility to build? What things are laying in rubble that God has given you the responsibility to put back together so the next generation can enjoy it rather than endure it? They were committed to building the wall. They, they had a mind to work, a heart to work, and a will to work. And they get to the halfway point. Now, the problem with halfway is this, is that halfway is the equal distance from your start as it is from your finish, which means you've progressed a long way. And th this is the problem. Listen carefully. The problem with halfway is that many of us have been, when, when we where, where before we fell, before sin entered in, there was a standard that was, we operated according to. That standard was the word of God. And that standard is what God called us all to. But when Adam fell, we all ended up at a different level. When, when we repented and we started serving God and we start making right decisions, we start looking at our progress. Come on, somebody. We start looking about how far we've come and instead of looking at how far we've come as opposed to how far we've fallen, we start looking at our progress rather than our standard. But let me, let me say this again, because what we look at is how far we fell. Man, I, I used to sleep with every woman I came in contact with. I, I would try to hook up and go to a club and try to hook up and, and do this. And now you look at how far you, then you got, got a hold of God. Now all of a sudden, you're, you're, not, you're not sleeping with every woman. But when you're walking around, you're always checking them out. <laughs> and your wife hits you, so what are you looking at? Oh, nothing, baby. I, I, go, I go home with you all the time. 
I used to, I used to try to sleep with them. Now I just look at them. Because what we're looking at is where we've come from rather than what the standard is. And what that creates, it creates blind spots in our character. Where you're so focused in on how far I came. I used to get drunk. I was drunk all the time. Now I just get drunk or high on weekends. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get high just to get high. Now I do it because I got some pain that I'm just trying to get rid of the pain. You're looking so far at how far you've come that you're not seeing the blind spots in your character. And it's not about how far we've come. It's about the standard that God has for our life. The walls of Jerusalem were, were down. They had been destroyed. And they built them up to halfway. They could have celebrated, man, we reached halfway, we accomplished it, let's stop right there. But they recognized halfway wasn't the goal. They had to rebuild the wall. They had to restore the wall to its full spot. I want you to understand, God tears down halfway houses. That throughout the word of God, whenever someone came halfway, that wasn't enough. God called them to fulfill a certain call, a certain mandate on their life. I'm here to tell you, I, I celebrate your accomplishments. I celebrate the fact that you've rebuilt. I celebrate that you've come halfway. I celebrate the progress that you made. But don't you dare stop halfway. You keep building until you've got back to the standard. Come on, somebody say amen. They came to the middle. They built halfway. And I want you to notice verse 7 and 8 of chapter 4 of Nehemiah. When Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites heard, of, and the people of Ashdod heard of the repairs of Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead, and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. Verse 8, then they plotted to come together and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble. Listen carefully. Whenever you step up, so does opposition. I said, whenever you step up, so does opposition. You notice this. When you make a decision to get sober, now all of a sudden, all those friends that you used to get high with start calling up. Hey, man, where you been? And you might not have talked to them for five, ten years. Out of of nowhere, they show up. Or you're trying to work on your marriage, and then that ex-boyfriend just kind of reaches out on Facebook. Hey, girl, you've been looking good. We need to hook up because all of the enemy knows whenever you start to rebuild, he doesn't want to help you get to that rebuilding stage. Verse 10, meanwhile, the people in Judah said the strength of the laborers, listen carefully, this is what happens. You put so much effort to rebuild that you get halfway and all of a sudden, you put so much effort into getting halfway, you're tired. How many get tired? Come on, you got your hands and feet up in the air. How many have ever gotten tired of trying to do right? Try tired of trying to get sober. 
Tired of trying to draw close to God. Tired of trying to keep your marriage together. Tired of trying to get the kids to, to walk the right way. Tired of trying to provide. Tired of getting up in the morning, going through the same routine, going to bed and feel like you're not making any, any headway. How many of you have ever gotten tired? The children of Israel, verse 10 says this, Meanwhile, the people of Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out. This is getting hard. We, we, we rebuilt halfway, we started, we, we made some progress, but now we're getting tired. It says this, there is so much rubble that we can't rebuild. See, I need you to understand, you can get to a certain point in life with, with, with the rubble. You can build some things up. You can walk away certain attitudes. You can walk around, you know, unforgiveness. You can deal and walk around and start rebuilding some things in your life without dealing with yesterday. What am I saying? When, what is rubble? Rubble is left over from the previous wall. And you could rebuild, you could walk around those things in a marriage where you never said I'm sorry for something, you just kind of walk around it, you could start rebuilding. You can walk away, walk around that, that, that abuse that, that took place to you and you could rebuild, but eventually you're going to get to a point that you have to address the rubble. No, come on, say it again, Pastor. Eventually, you gotta, you gotta start dealing with the rubble. You, you gotta identify the rubble. You gotta start deal, picking it up. You gotta start addressing it. You can't ignore the fact anymore of, of those hurts in a marriage. You can't ignore the fact that the hurts you caused as a parent. You gotta deal with those things eventually. You, you can only walk around the rubble for so long. That's why many in their sobriety, you do well for, for a season and then you go back again. Because it's not addiction isn't the problem. It's how to deal with problems. You're no longer physically addicted. But when another problem comes up, you don't know how to deal with the problem. And so you revert back to a behavior. The problem is not an addiction. It's how to deal with problems. It's how to deal with the rubble in your life. And until we deal with the rubble, you're going to continue to find yourself going back to an old habit, an old lifestyle. You, you, could, you could willpower your way through something, but eventually you got to deal with the rubble. You got to pick it up. You got to face it. You got to recognize it's there. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. See, you can't rebuild a wall when you're dealing with rubble. See, they, they hit, and th this is funny, they're building a wall, but they hit a proverbial wall. They can't build anymore. They're tired. There's some of you right now that I'm so proud of the progress you've made, but you're tired right now. See, it's one thing to deal with opposition from the outside. But what do you do when the problem is inside? I talked to you last week about how the, the opposition from the outside came against them. I can deal with outside pressure. You come against my family, me and my wife will stand side by side, back to back, and we will take you on. Our competitive nature, you rise up against us, it's on. You, you, want, you want to talk about me? That's all right. You want to fight with us? You want to take on my family? We'll, we'll battle. We'll go at it. 
We, we, when the enemy comes up, it rises up. We'll rise up against you. Uh, the fire in us will help us stand up. But what do you do when you are the problem? The enemy is now attacking the builders. And now not only are they attacking them in verse 11 and 12, they say, we're going to come when you're not expecting. And we're going to kill you. When you're tired, the threats of the enemy scare you. That's a problem with fatigue. Fatigue makes a coward out of all of us. And whenever you're tired, that's when... The, why, why, did, why did the enemy show up against Jesus on day 30 of the fast? He waited until day 40 to show up. He didn't show up on day one of the temptation. Day seven, day 21, day 30, day 39. He waited till day 40. He came at Jesus' weakest point. The enemy will always come when you are weakest. He don't play fair. And if you're expecting him to, then you know what? You got some issues. See, when the enemy can't stop you, listen carefully. When the enemy can't stop you, he'll do his best to discourage you. Okay, I can't keep you from going into the men's home. Well, let me discourage you with what's going on at home. I can't discourage you from to, to start drinking again. Then let me get some pressures around you that cause you to go back to your old lifestyle again. Let me get some people talking about you so, so, so you're, you're upset about it. See, they hit a wall. All of a sudden, all the momentum stops. All the, the, the energy that they had in rebuilding stops because they've had some threats. And now they have nothing else to give. And every one of us, whether it's in our marriage, our sobriety, getting out of debt, whether it's drawing close to God, becoming a man of God, a woman of God, becoming a better father, becoming a better mother, a better son, daughter, a better student, whatever it is, whatever you've committed to rebuild every so often in your life you are going to hit a wall usually happens when we get halfway there and I want you to see the enemy says this you don't know when we're coming but we're coming we're going to kill you this is interesting to me because it says in verse 11 and 12 we're going to kill you so that the walls stop being built I want to just pause there for a moment. We're almost done, so stay with me, okay? The enemy is after the dream in you. He doesn't want to just kill you. He wants to kill the assignment that's in you. When Joseph's brothers came against him, they saw him coming from afar off. The Bible says that when they saw Joseph, they said, here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him. And let's see what happens to his dream. The enemy is not after you. He's after the dream inside of you. He wants to kill the dream of you being set free. Because the moment you walk in your dream, in the dream that God gave you, you begin to fulfill your destiny. So if I can kill, the, if I can kill you, I kill your assignment. That's why abortion is so so. so Nasty because it kills the assignment that's on a life. I want you to see something here. The enemy wants to kill the dream, not just you, 
But there's three, four things I want you to see as we get ready to close this morning that we fight with. You're going to find the children of Israel, the, the builders fought with fatigue. They got tired. How, how many of you have ever felt tired before? Fatigued. Now, I'm not just talking physically tired. Emotionally. Spiritually. Mentally. I just got nothing else to give. I'm burnt. COVID has caused so many individuals that had so much energy now just to be tired. There's others that are frustrated. You're dealing with the rubble of life and you're just frustrated. You, you, get, you know, and you're getting mad. Your, your level of anger doesn't match the problem. That's how you know you're frustrated. Let me say that again because some of you have just identified with that. You're getting so frustrated over things that you used to be able to handle so easily. And now not only are you frustrated, but the level that you're dealing with it is you're taking it to a whole nother level. And people are looking at you like, man, what's wrong with you? It's not that big of a deal. But when you're frustrated, it's easier. And you're fatigued, it's easier to jump off. They were also afraid of failing. You ever been afraid of failing? I don't know how many individuals I've seen, Chaplain John, that have, that have a lifestyle of, of addiction on the verge of being set free, sabotage their success. Why is that? Because there's some people that are afraid of failing. If I become successful, what if I mess up? It's easier to mess up now than to let someone down later on. To the point that we're afraid of success. And lastly, fear. The enemy had come up against them and started challenging them. I need you to understand that all of us are going to find times that you're going to be frustrated, fatigued, afraid of failure, and you're going to deal with fear. When the problem in you I can deal with the enemies around me, but how do you deal with the enemy within you? Nehemiah 4.13, in fact, if Semi would help me out this morning, says, therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall and exposed places, posting them by their families with a sword, spear, and bows. I, I want you to see something here as we close this morning. How do you deal when the problem is within you? How do you deal with your fatigue, with those, those issues? The first thing Nehemiah did is he let the enemy know, we're on to you. We know what you're doing. You want to kill us? You want to kill us, that's all right. What we're going to do is we're going to stand there with families that have swords, spears, and they're ready to defend. See, sometimes just letting the enemy know, I know what you're up to. I see what you're doing in my marriage. I see what you're doing with my kids. I see what you're doing with my mind. Just letting the enemy know, we know what you're up to, reveals, it uncovers. And the moment you uncover what the enemy is up to, he quits. 
the Bible says that the moment that the children of Israel knew about their plot, their enemies gave up. Because the enemy wants to fight until you pick up a sword. Enemy wants you to wants to fight with you. He want he wants to fire you up. He wants to, to, to take you to the mat until you show up with your sword. The Bible says that the sword is the word of God. He'll take you on. He wants to he wants to fire you up and he'll take you on. But the moment you show up with your sword, the moment you show up with the word of God, he can't do anything. says this they were prepared to buy verse 14 after I looked over I stood up and said to the nobles the officials and the rest of the people this is where we close this morning this is a word for you don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid remember remember what He says, remember the Lord, great and awesome. Baby, you didn't come get halfway on your own. You didn't get to this point by yourself. You, you're not doing this on your own. You got to remember the Lord, great and awesome. He's going to fight for your families. You see, all you have to do is show up. All you have to do is just make sure you show up. And if you show up, God will fight the battle. You won't even have to pick up the sword. You won't even have to throw the spear. When you show up ready for battle, God will always fight on your behalf. In fact, I need you to understand this morning, God's already won. It's already done. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. I want you to see what happens here. He deals with the issue. Tells them to remember who God was, is. And encourages the people that God is, is with them. Look at verse four, 15 of verse 4, chapter 4. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to their own work. What am I saying? It's time to get back to work. Start building. Arise and build. I want you to see this last part. I love this part as we close this morning. From that day on, half my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows and armor those who carried the materials did their work with one hand and a weapon in the other come on somebody now's the time for you to rise up and there's some of y'all that just love to fight you're always in a fight you're always fighting with someone with something I was about to fire them up, man. That's, you're always in a fight, man. They cut me off, and I, I pulled up next to them. I said, come on, let's go. You're ready to fight, always. Except spiritually. Ready to fight everyone except the enemy. But the Bible says that these men, with one hand, they built. And with the other hand, they were prepared to fight. 
I want to speak to every father right now that you have a responsibility not just to fight for your family, but to build them up as well. We don't just fight, we build. We don't just tear down, we establish. I want to encourage you today. There's some of you that right now you give up whenever a fight shows up. When you were in the world, you were ready to take on anyone. You were ready to take on anything. You talk about how, how much you would party and then someone speak against you. You'd rise up and you would fight them. You were ready to go down. You were down for your hood. You were down for your crew. You were down for your people. But now, now that it's a spiritual fight, you give up way too early. You get offended way too early. There's some men, women, that need to start rising up and say, I'm ready to build my family, but I'm ready to fight for my faith as well. I'm ready to stand up and defend what God is doing, but I'm also here to begin to build as well. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Come on, somebody. I prophesy to you that you are going to be builders with one hand and that you're going to fight with the other. You're going to establish with one and you're going to build with the other. So you need to know when it's time to build, when it's time to fight. It's time to deal with the rubble, which means there's some here today that you know, and I don't even have to say this, you're already beginning to think of the people you need to ask forgiveness from. Don't need the Holy Spirit to do that. You, just, you already know. And your pride's been getting in the way of you getting it right. But I'm here to tell you, until you get it right, you're going to always stay halfway in life. You got to remove the rubble so that we can get back to building. It's time to build and fight. Build and fight. You're not going to complete the wall until you build and fight. It's time to start fighting for your marriage, for your family, for your sobriety, for your anointing, for your walk with God. And it's time to build your relationships, your connection, your family, your marriage. It's time to build. I want you to see this. Nehemiah 4, verse 20. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. For our God will fight for us. In other words, what Nehemiah is telling the people, you just build. Just build. And if you need me, you blow the trumpet. I'll be right there. And then if I need you, I'll blow the trumpet. And then you show up. But you notice this. All I have to do is show up. I don't even need to fight. All I have to do is just show up. Who's fighting for you? All God wants you to do is show up. Show up to your marriage. 
Show up to your sobriety. Show up to your health. And let God fight on your behalf. Bow your heads with me right now. Those of you at home as well, you're here right now and you're dwelling in rubble. Can't even go anymore because of all the rubble that's around you. But I'm here to tell you that my God is a builder. My God is a fighter. Right where you are, right, right, right in this moment, you're rebuilding. But man, you're, you're, you're fatigued. You're, you're, you're f- afraid. You're, you're dealing with the fear of failure, the fear of fear. You're dealing with the fatigue. You're dealing with frustration. You're here right now and you know God's called you to build something. But you're... Man, Pastor, I'm just tired right now, frustrated. I'm afraid of failing. I'm fearful. Right where you are, would you just lift your hands? I want to pray with you. Those online as well, our hands going up all over the place. See, every one of you has a call to build. Every one of you has a call on your life to build something. Father, right now, you see every hand that's lifted, even at home. And we just speak, Heavenly Father, that you would just cover each and every individual now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray, my God, that for those that are fearful, that, Lord, your word says you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. I pray for those that are frustrated that they would know that the assignment on their life, my God, isn't just theirs to build, but, God, you come alongside us. Lord, I pray that they would not be afraid and that they would remember their great and awesome God. You're not in this alone. Say this with me, Heavenly Father. I need to build. I need to remove the rubble in my life. I don't want to stop halfway. I want to finish what you've called me to build. I ask now, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me to overflowing. More of you. Less of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and just give God a shout of praise this morning. For those of you at home and those of you here, just bow your heads one more for, for one more moment. You're here and you, maybe your walk with God isn't where it needs to be. You, you've gotten separated from your walk with God. You, whether you were born and raised in church or whether you used to serve God or whether this is the first time you've ever heard the gospel message. I need you to understand that God loves you so audaciously, so radically, that he left the glory of heaven to come down to earth and to relegate himself to the body of a man, to die on a cross, to pay a price he did not owe in order to redeem us all so that the Holy Spirit can dwell in us once again. You're here right now and you just simply say, Pastor Dan, I'm not not talking about going to church. I just want to be a follower of Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand, whether online or here, ready, one. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment, two. Search your heart right now. As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, at home as well. If you're ready to commit your life to Christ, just lift your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all these young people up front there in the back as well. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Father, you see every hand that's been lifted.
even at home as well. Just say this with me, Heavenly Father. I receive the free gift called salvation. I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day to pay a price he did not owe. Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on my old life and I make a choice today to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. If you said that prayer for the first time, those of you here and those at home as well, I want you to text the name ALIVE to 408 340 7703. That's 408-340-7703, alive. And we have someone that's going to re respond to you. And we're going to help you in this new walk in Christ. For those of you at home, we love you. We want you to know that we can't wait to see you, worship with you once again. Right now, things are limited in-house. But on April 4th, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we're going to have one service outside. For those of you that can't come, we're still going to have a recorded message. We're going to share with you so you can worship from home. But we're going to have one outdoor service at 10 a.m. We're going to come together with no limitations, sing outside. We're going to sing. We're going to worship together. And we're going to have a phenomenal time. But until then... Love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.